0: Hello, Game of Loaners. Welcome to another episode of the podcast with me, Sam. And on today's episode, we have the part-time property investor, part-time love guru, TJ Atkinson on the show, talking us through how he went from being a rent-to-rent rock star to full-time property investor. Yes, this is going to be an absolute cracker of an episode. So you're probably going to want to go and grab a pen, bit of paper, maybe top up your coffee or your tea, maybe your green tea, whatever it is that you want to drink, um, because you're going to want to sit there and take a ton of notes on this episode. TJ drops a ton of gems. So I'm not going to go into any further detail now. I'm going to let you just sit back and enjoy this awesome episode with TJ Atkinson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Alones podcast. And I'm absolutely delighted because genuinely, I've been trying to get this guy on this podcast for like a year or over a year, and he's just so freaking busy. TJ Atkinson, I am so grateful that you have finally given up uh, some some time, which I know is is in short supply, uh, to come and have a chat with me on the podcast. TJ, welcome to the Game Alones podcast. Thank you so much,
1: man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You're equally as busy as me, to be honest.
0: I know, I know. And it's good now because we work together. We actually know, we can see how busy each other is, which is, which is, which is good. But, um, but no, TJ, look, you're a, well, you're a rent-to-renter turned property investor. You're a mentor. You're a part-time, like, agony uncle stroke. Like, you know, you're like a bit like Hitch, you know? (laughs) Um, and of a, course, and a a, a, you know, a multi, um, you've written, I don't know how many books now, like 1,200 books you've written five, now as well? Five. Five. five, five. Yeah. So there's there's a shed load for us to get into. But um, but if you want, I'd, I'd like to give you the floor, have a couple of couple of seconds just to give us that 30,000 foot view of, of who TJ Atkinson is for anyone that, uh, that hasn't come across you before.
1: Cool. Do you know what? I hate that question so much. And I get it all the time. I don't know why I'm not prepared for it. But um, I, I would call myself an accidental property investor. It wasn't something I ever thought I would do. In fact, growing up, I hated the idea of property. I grew up in a council estate. We were given probably the crappiest flats out of every single person. And I thought, well, if this is the way the government treat people when they come from Nigeria, I hate them and I hate property. And to kind of see a whole 360, to now buying and owning property, I'm like, um, it, it feels a bit imposter syndrome-ish. But yeah, that's who I am. I think I'm a regular guy who's trying to inspire people to say, hey, it is possible. And up until now, I still don't know what that it is. I just want to kind of serve as a, as a beacon of hope to, to people to say, whatever it is you want to do, it can happen. Yeah.
0: And and you know what? Look, I, I think it actually genuinely comes across. There's, there's that whole... Um... I know I mention this quite a lot across my social media about this whole um like Instagram version of people and then actually what they're like in real life when you get behind the surface is a little bit different having now had the pleasure of being able to actually work with you I know that what goes on online is genuinely what goes on offline as well you know you're you you are the I I and I've seen I mean we I, the last time I actually saw you in person was at the property event with uh, Tej Singh and um and uh oh, nice. James uh, Shatara and you brought up one of your mentors, uh, one of your mentees, sorry, on, on the stage, and the, the the pride, the pride that you had in your yeah. eyes, you know, that, that he, I mean, even I think you even called him like your son or something, <laughs> you know, it, oh, it, it comes son. across. So I I love how genuine you are with it, you know, and the Thank advice you. that you give online and stuff. It is, um, you know, it's, it's honest, and I think that not not everyone online is like that. So um, so I I certainly appreciate that, and I know there's a lot of people out there that do do the same.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I try my best. I mean it's still growing as i would still call myself a baby in property and i would love to maybe find people who are a lot more genuine in giving advice and information out there because that's the only way we can grow and you only know what you know and if you don't know anything you can't grow oh i like that that rhymed i'm don't try and don't coin it no, no, you,
0: you can have it you can have it It's yeah. this is being recorded even even if i did steal it you know <laughs> it will have to come back to you anyway
1: cool But yeah, I'm I'm a mean learning machine. I'm the biggest believer in the acquisition of knowledge. And I put out content that I think I would wish other people put out because in my head, I'm saying, if only someone could give me this sort of information, I could grow a lot quicker. I could grow better and I could grow safer.
0: Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more, and that's you know I tried to do the same with mine. And there are you do come across you know the, these people from time to time where you know they, they, it, it does come across genuine in terms of just you know giving giving away free advice, would you call it? But actually, it doesn't matter. I'm 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 of the belief that if you're gonna because I've had people like come to me, especially in my industry, the like other brokers, like, why are you telling everyone this stuff? You know, you you know no, that just means they're just going to go direct to lenders. Well, great, you know, if I if I reach hundred people and 80 of them decide that they want to go direct to the lender and then 20 of them decide they want to come and work with me awesome like i'm happy and and hopefully every single one of those 100 people will be will be successful and and you know if that happens off the back of something i've done you know i'm putting good karma out into the atmosphere i feel i feel good about that right
1: agreed you know what it's interesting you mentioned the word karma because it's actually i've got i go through phases of learning different words but I go quite deep a bit geekish so I know I don't want to expose what your geekish pleasure is um, because we all know it's going around central London and identifying every train station possible but, <laughs> but you were worried then. I was I
0: was like yeah, where's where like like where this going no, for me, it's, um,
1: if I pick up on a new word I go back to trying to understand the origin of the word what it means what it really means and when you mentioned karma I've been studying this word karma a.k.a. reciprocity for quite some time. And that's one of the reasons why you and I do good business, because we're not afraid of giving because of that understanding of karma. So karma goes back to reciprocity. Reciprocity goes back to creating a moral obligation. If you're a Christian, it talks about the law of sowing and and reaping. If you're a Buddhist, it talks about karma, causation, yin and yang, causation, um, cause and effect. Those tiny little things. That's why people like you flourish, because you're not afraid to give. Because there is a universal law that if you give, it will come back. And I think a lot of people need to learn that a lot more in business. I'm not saying don't generate money, but I think the idea of giving naturally means you will receive. And I think in a Christian term, it talks about people with closed fists can't get fed. And if your hands are forever closed and you don't, you're you not giving, how are you supposed to be blessed? How are you supposed to receive? So. I'm, uh, yeah, sorry to go off on tangent, but it's just one of my favorite words. So it triggered something in me. So, yeah,
0: no, I, I actually, you know, I really love that because I talk, I, funny enough, I do get quite a lot of like maybe young business owners, property investors, people that are relatively new in what they're doing. And they ask me a little bit like, oh, how do, how do I raise, how do I raise money? How do I do, this? how do you do this? How do I do this? And I said, I think it all starts from having some kind of presence and you can't build a personal brand without actually yeah no I, I, I find it so egotistically frustrating um because that's not there yeah, I don't like it but you know it, it, everyone understands what it means but you know, I say to, to new investors you know get yourself get yourself out there here's another 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 buzzword make make, make it make it easy for people to have access to your knowledge yeah. because they will then ultimately understand more about what you do. Mm-hmm. they will then learn to trust you a little bit more. And one day they may even be somebody that wants to end up doing business with you, no matter what you do, whether you're like a broker like me, whether you're doing, you know, you're helping people through mentorships like yourself, um, or, you know, you're looking to raise finance, which, you know, pretty much every investor is looking to do. Yep. And you can't you can't do that just by literally going, uh, putting loads of posts up saying, hi, I'm a property investor, give me some money. Yep. You've just got to show people what you're doing, um, give little insights into, into your day-to-day um, it's, to be honest with you, it's why the you know the the advent of stories and stuff on you know Snapchat is the best thing ever to happen to business because it brought about stories on every single other platform where people could just literally jump on for two seconds. No one's no one's thinking that you need to craft some amazing piece of beautiful content. It's just your face saying this is what has happened today, and this is why it's important that you should know what you know, what it's, the outcome of this
1: was. It's authentic. Again, another word that I hate, but that's what it is. And that's what you're, you're right. It causes people to buy into you and to trust you. So it removes all the filter and yeah. it allows people to, to say, this is someone that I might work with because they have the knowledge they come across as they want to help as well. And yeah, it, it's a key lesson for anyone in business. Yeah,
0: definitely. I, I completely, I completely agree. But look, not wanting to to dwell on talking about you know social media marketing because that's yes. not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> I'm really interested to kick things off with. You said you're an accidental property investor. Obviously, you started out doing sort of more rent to rent type stuff. Which one of the things that frustrates me about rent to rent? is that well two things actually I'll say and I'll leave you to kind of give us give us your your input on how you got started but also I'd love your feedback on these two things which is number one I think that it has a really bad rep for somehow being like oh yeah just start off in rent to rent and then one day you'll become a property investor which I think is is bad because it takes away the importance of the lessons you learn during the course of that Mm -hmm. process Mm -hmm. Um, but also obviously from my perspective I don't think there is enough good quality. I know you're you're one of a, a few people that is giving out quality information about this, but there isn't enough real quality information from those that are genuinely being successful in this strategy to pass on to others. You know, there are lots of mistakes that could be, you know, relatively costly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, from my perspective, and we've talked about this, the just just notifying, you know, the senior landlord. Of any changes they might need to make to them their mortgage products for example i don't think that's being done done enough so yeah so and i've just kind of thrown a load of of stuff at you but yeah yeah, really really want to obviously hear a little bit more about how you got into it to start with because obviously it was a bit accidental but yeah we'd love to touch upon those two points uh, once you've done that as well
1: okay so uh, how, how how i fell into rent to rent again mistakes most of the money i've ever made in life happened by mistake which is absolutely fascinating to me and i'm learning and learning that maybe i should make more mistakes so that's why i'm not afraid of failure but um i had a recruitment business so i started a recruitment business many years ago started a recruitment business in my mom's garage and it was doing really well probably one of my best ever businesses that was flourishing quite quickly and my mom would come back from work and myself and my friend um, an old business partner would be in her front room like getting on the telephone trying to call people because I came out of uni I couldn't find a job so I thought why don't I try and find myself a job or create something for myself my mum walked in one day into her front room there's papers everywhere my business partner's there her front room's a mess she just come back from a night shift she's like get out of my house go and work somewhere else eventually she saw that I was actually doing something with my life so she gutted out her garage I think that's probably my first foray into property development with my mum kitting out her garage to turn it into my first office now I'm a big sucker I went to Germany to visit a friend over in Germany Frankfurt and I fell in love I literally met a girl while I was there for the week and I fell in love and I was like I think I'm gonna marry this girl I've never told anyone this story before because it's so ridiculous and then (laughs) came back to London to my business partner and I said hey listen um I think we should move this business that's doing really well in London let's move it to Germany and he was like that makes no sense. And i was like well no it does make sense since we're recruiting a lot of these kids from the eu to banks and companies in the uk why don't we go over to germany we can get the best cream of the crop candidates and bring them to london and he was like that makes no sense but i persuaded him so we moved the business to germany i realized really quickly yeah i realized very quickly that how you do business in the uk is totally different to anywhere else in the world UK, we're very personality driven in terms of I could walk into a room and people will say, hey, how are you, TJ? We talk about football. We talk about commonalities. You could potentially win some business. Mm -hmm. Germany, different story. Went into my first meeting, tried to give a presentation. They laughed me out of the room, not even in a disrespectful way. It's just I didn't understand the ethics of doing business in Germany. I'm using personality, whereas there they want facts and figures and all this. Hey, my name's TJ. That loud, bravado, charismatic didn't work. Long story short, we hired a young man called Marcel, I trained him up, realised that we had made a big mistake about to move back to the UK. And we turned the business around very quickly when we removed ourselves from the business. Again, another very, very big lesson that we all need to make as as property investors and as business people, you can't do it all. Get a good team, get a power power team around you.
0: We're literally, we're just going through a tick box of every single, every single buzzword that we can get
1: through. Yeah. So. Long story short, that business was doing incredibly well. In an 18 month period, after that period, it came crashing down, I'd lost everything. My entire confidence was based on that business. I thought I was Johnny Big, whatever it was, walking around town, getting any champagne bottles. And yeah, we made mistakes because we didn't know what we were doing. Some of the businesses we were working with, they needed invoicing in 60 and 90 day cycles. But we were so busy playing around that we forgot to invoice some of the companies. So we were over leveraged. So that business came flat down. I moved back from Frankfurt to my mum's house and my room became that office that I had started in. So it was kind of a 360. Things were going great. You leave and then you come back and I'm getting all depressed, upset. My mom walks into the room one day. She says, hey, listen, you need to go and get yourself a job. You need to get up. So I started hanging around with one of my cousins. He was hanging around some Asian kids and their dad was super rich. And the dad said something to me, which blew my mind. He pulled me aside and he said, teacher, I've heard that you've made some mistakes. I've heard you've made some money. I've heard, you know, that you're an entrepreneur. Do you want an opportunity? He didn't say it in that way, but that sounds better to say it like that. He just said, look, my son's messing around and I want to kind of get my son back on track. So do you know how to manage property? And I'd come across the quote by Richard Branson if someone gives you an opportunity and you don't know what to do or we'll say, say yes and figure it out later. So, it's Mr. Yusuf is saying, of my favorite. You know, that's one
0: of my favorite. It's literally quotes.
1: a game changer. <laughs> literally. And I hope everyone just takes that on board. Just take it and figure it out. He said, Do you know how to manage poverty, TJ? I said, Yes, of course I do. I had no clue, I had no <laughs> idea. So I jumped, I and he gave me an envelope with around twenty keys. So when we're talking about getting into rent to rent, my story is a bit different from many people. I was given an opportunity because somebody was trying to teach their son a lesson. He said, "Here's about eighteen keys. Here's about eighteen properties that I already have. Go and manage them." So I jumped on the bus to get back home from Bromley, kind of area to Dartford, and I went on Google. And it, I typed in how to become an estate agent. I was looking for a course or something on how I could manage these properties that I've just said I knew how to manage. And that's where things like Airbnb came up. So I took half of those properties, or as many as those as possible, banged them on Airbnb. That's how I officially got into rent-to-rent and serviced accommodation. So it wasn't a matter of like everyone else, they discover us on YouTube and so-and-so. Mine was more of a practical falling in. And then that's when I thought, wow, hold on I can make money from somebody else's asset let me try this let me try it out and that's how I I, I fell into it
0: sure you know I like about that and actually it, it, that actually follows quite nicely into that first kind of question that I, I was or the first thing I mentioned about the rent to rent as a terminology almost had being a bit of a almost like a naughty word in yeah. in property investing what you've just said for me actually highlights really what rent to rent truly is which is property management. It's learning the art of property management, yeah. which as much as another thing that you mentioned in there as well, uh, it's almost like we scripted this. It's awesome. Know, right? um, <laughs> um, another thing that you mentioned in there is about building a team and making sure you have the right people around you. Now, I'm a great believer that, um, and this is straight off the um, someone called James Sinclair that I follow quite heavily online, yeah, big too, businessman. Um, yeah. And he talks a lot about knowing every, not knowing every part of your business and actually, for most property investors that, that i work with that are really successful they do this they don't necessarily they know all the facets of their business but they don't necessarily work on it day to day they build their team out but you've highlighted there something that is often farmed out quite easy, quickly as a skill which is actually managing the portfolio that you have rent to rent really teaches you that quite early doors and it's a great foundation level kind of skill to get your head around so i think that you know for me and you tell me if i'm wrong I think people need to stop thinking about rent to rent in just like a a get rich rich quick type scheme oh yeah you don't need much money to get into it all that which is true all of these things are true but actually there are so many skills that can you can uh you can use it for to learn and it's a it's actually a um it's a great way of starting to run a business you can run it as a you can put it as it's like a property management business
1: The problem with that, Sam, is you are 100% correct. The problem is it doesn't sound as glamorous and juicy to say, hey, listen, there's this low entry property strategy that you can start with no money versus, hey, come and learn how to run a business. Mm. That's the problem. And I think that's where a lot of people get kind of, sucked into this idea of and it also it belittles the the strategy in my opinion because of how it's sold when in reality you are 100 correct it's a foundational principle that you can build on so you don't go and start a development project if you haven't learned how to do basic refurb so you kind of understand the system and that's why i i preach rent to rent i think it's a great strategy because it's low entry mm-hmm. whereas a lot of people sell it as this thing that you're going to use to make millions and millions of pounds when just tell people what it is use it as your as your practice use it as something to build your confidence use it as something to build your your understanding of property how what's the process of evicting a tenant what's the legal process of managing a property Um, EPC gas safety um, EICR how do you know these things if you're not taught them or you don't get to practice them that's why i think rent to rent is a great strategy for foundational investors and anyone that wants to eventually go off to start doing the bigger things
0: yeah absolutely and, and, and that's actually the point i think a lot of people when they want to get into property they see it as a as a as a great opportunity to to build some wealth they think about the end game they think about the right i'm going to be a you know 200 strong um, unit property investor one day and for me and this is just a this is just a business thing in general for me every single part of that is a is a step towards that ultimate goal but people just see start and finish they don't see that that bit that happens in between and this is this is actually for me where a lot of business owners in general get things wrong that they they're trying to they're trying to run a multi-million pound business on the day they open it when they're not they've got to get they've got to get it to they've got they've got to they've got to to see all the little tiny little stages that happen between now and then and rent to rent as an example of this when we're talking about somebody that does has aspirations to maybe run a massive commercial portfolio one day well rent to rent allows you to get from the stage where you have very little money to the stage where you have some cash flow yeah and we're not talking you don't need you know a million pounds worth of cash flow here we're just talking about you know, a couple of grand a month. That is the difference between and this and this for me is that's the difference where because so this is where I'm always looking at when I'm looking at business opportunities myself, you know, obviously Grand Union Finance is my baby, but I have other little things that I, I have running around in the background. and I'm, I'm constantly thinking about, right, where can I create incomes that will cover outgoings that I have personally? Once I've done that, I have the freedom. I'm not going to say financial freedom. I have the freedom. <laughs> yeah, tick, tick in the box. Got that in there. Or I'll, I'll use a different one: financial independence mm. to be able to look at opportunities without the concern that yeah. my my personal life on a month-to-month basis is going to be effective financially. Yeah. And that, to me, is key. If you can, if you can actually get your mindset into right, what can I do in the next six months to cover my, my my day to day, you know, outgoings, once you've done that, it gives you an incredible amount of freedom to, you know, be able to look at things a lot more objectively and holistically. And effectively, rent to rent can be that for property investors, mm-hmm. you can build that not necessarily in six months, but you can build a, um, although I'm sure if you went hell for another, you probably could, you know, yeah. um, but you can you can build that Um, that cash flow that just covers you so that you know we're not talking about going out and buying Lamborghinis here we're talking about paying your monthly bills and once that's done you can then go right okay sit back now
1: what's the next stage I I agree so when people say to me what's my biggest mistake in property Um, I always say it spending too long in rent to rent literally spending too long in rent to rent because Again, coming from where I came from, no sub story, it it literally wasn't a thought in my head that property ownership and multiple property ownership was a reality. So when I fell into rent to rent I thought this was it. This was what was going to make me a billionaire. And I thought, okay, well, I can't buy property, but I can rent property. Do you know what? I'm going all in. But exactly what you just said. And so I, I... I will talk about that later on, but I was writing a book for adults about wealth creation and how to manage money, and I started studying something, and it blew my mind with regards to most people. Similar to what we were talking about, most people have this desire to create wealth, but they fail to recognize that income is the oh, I love this word, precipice. It's the substratum. God, I'm, I'm a geek, but oh, it's, the it's the foundation. Yeah, it's <laughs> the foundation for wealth because. Income is what brings peace. If your day to day costs are not looked after, you will not be able to have the freedom or the mindset to create wealth. So when everyone talks about, hey, I'm going to do this deal and it's going to make me a million pound. okay, but that deal is not going to manifest in the next six to nine months or one year or two years or five years. So how do you feed your family today? How do you pay your dues today? Does that make sense? So I think a lot of people need to be realistic. I know it sounds crazy when I say be realistic with your goals, because goals are not supposed to be be realistic. But if you have no experience, if something's new, then you have no basis for saying you're going to become a millionaire overnight. But you've got basis for breaking down those goals into small, incremental, achievable goals, essentially. So for me, I wish I had I hadn't done rent to rent for five six years. I wish I'd done it for two years. I wish I'd known that you could start buying property by just paying yourself a simple salary and mm-hmm. being able to prove income, as opposed to trying to make millions and millions of pounds. And I, could, my portfolio could have been ten times the size by now.
0: Yeah, Do you know, you you said there. You're talking about like just giving yourself some like inner peace by by knowing on a month to month basis, basis <laughs> that you're that you're that you're fine yeah. um, and so when people i i i would say probably 9 times out of 10 if if somebody asks me for some like genuine like basic financial advice mm-hmm. i i say to them go and set up another bank account and as soon as you're paid from whatever job or whatever it is every single penny that, you, that needs to go out that month put it into that other bank account and make that your bills bank account because then do you know and, and i i start, i only started doing this probably five or six years ago and the change in terms of like monthly anxiety levels That's is just right. astronomical because yeah. you know yeah look i guess gar- it's, it's not like a one and done you just stick it in there and, and then forget about it obviously just make sure that nothing goes wrong and all the yeah. you know a payment isn't missed for whatever reason because of direct debits failing or something like that but the peace that it gives you the peace of mind to know that right that is out and then you mm-hmm. can really clearly because i believe that you know people overcomplicate a lot of stuff but actually when you think about it if you move everything that needs to come out of your account into some into another account whatever remains you then have the choice of yeah. what you then do with that money now obviously we can go into loads more detail about you should invest some of it you should save some of it blah blah mm-hmm. blah 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 because 9 times out of 10 being in this country people will just go great I've got like 300 pounds what am I going to spend that on yeah. um uh, but actually you know they should probably do maybe something a little bit more with it but it at least compartmentalizes it then mm-hmm. you've got you know that all the stuff you have to pay is, is covered all the, yeah. and whatever remains you know it's then it's your choice
1: to to make the decisions or not it's discipline and i think that's probably what a lot of people lack in business and in property it's this over well it's ego number one in my opinion who do you think you are to assume that just in one day you're going to become a millionaire when there are people who've been working for 10 15 20 years And they're doing the right steps to achieve it. So I think ego plays a part in it. I think a bit of um, naivety plays a, a major part. One thing that really pees me off the most in property, unlike any other business, and you don't see this in any other business, people believe that they can start a property business today and they expect results tomorrow. We don't get that in any other business. You could start up any other business and you're willing to put in the one year, the two years, the five year. I think the average is three years to see a business even start to profit. But in property, people are sold this idea of you can become wealthy tomorrow and people buy into it. And I think a lot of what I do is kind of just give people a slap in the face and say, hey, wake up a little bit. Be willing to stay in the game for three to five years. And I've got this acronym. So it's SITG. Stay in the game. So sit, G. So literally sit yourself down and stay in the game for five years. And that's when you start to see some returns. But people are not willing to give five years to anything. People- Do you see- know what? You're,
0: you're, you're, no, I, the only reason that I cut in then was just because this is genuinely something that like grinds my gears so much because mm-hmm. you go to these like property events and they tell you that you have a specific period of time that you're aiming to get to what we were just saying before. So it's right, it's right. It's, it's almost there. But they say- you need you you want to cover your monthly expenditure so you can give up your job and be a property investor full time it's the worst advice that anyone can ever give because yeah. if you so basically the, if you're when you're trying to build a property uh, property business and that's what it is a property business, mm-hmm. business yeah. you can't you, especially to begin with probably probably I would say most of my clients would say maybe the first 10 years you can't mm-hmm. just rely on just the the um you know what what you're what you're getting from your property business to try and drive it forward. So having an outside source of cash from some kind of employment or business that you run elsewhere is so, so, so major important. Yeah. So for these people to be telling you, so basically putting putting that plant that that's planting that seed in your head that you should be looking to give up work is so, so, so poor having multiple multiple streams of income is how you can feed off one another so we've had recently you know coronavirus happening and that so many businesses have failed because they own they only had one pillar they had their one pillar but the businesses that have flourished have been the ones that could lean on something else to be able to allow them to just get through that that bad period because there's going to be bad periods no matter what and no matter what the industry is so if you've got different fingers in different pies in different sectors it does allow you that that element of strength but also the thing is with, with building a property portfolio and I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here but you're the, the longer you can stay out of having to take income from your property business the lot the, the the more exponential growth you're actually going to see yeah. Because with every property that you add to your portfolio, your property business gets a pay rise. And every time it gets a pay rise, it makes it easier to build the next deposit to buy the next property, which makes it easier to find the next to get the next deposit to buy the next property and so on and so forth. And that you just is a see, you right see that arc. You see that, that arc.
1: That is a masterclass right there. If only people sat down to one. I, I pray that every single person watches this and they get what this is. I don't want to give the timestamp Can you might edit it and so on and so. But that part right there, is gold because people are sitting there literally thinking if i'm gonna make x amount from my property i'm gonna take it out and i'm gonna go and buy this then what what money are you gonna use to grow the next one and the next one and the next one because people are so short-term minded and that's why i say look you know what i give up on 99 of people everyone's got a dream and everyone's got a mouth but they can't do anything so uh, yeah it gets frustrating it does get frustrating it
0: does. I, I think there is there is naivety to it. I think as well, and I have to, I guess, remember in, in 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 what I do that a lot of the time people are coming to me quite early on in the process, and they're it's um, the way that I kind of I I the the analogy I give it's a little bit like being a self-taught musician because you can be a grade eight at something, but as a grade zero at something else because you haven't had that process to go through and. That's why when I'm speaking to people that even to be honest, even when I'm speaking to clients that have been doing it for years, I try and really listen into potentially where some of the gaps in their knowledge might be, because I'm quite fortunate, you know, I get to deal with with property investors like yourself on a day to day basis. So I can see, oh, so and so over there is doing this really well, but so and so over here isn't doing this as well. Mm. But then they've got other skills that this one over here is doing better than this one over here is doing better. So um so it's, it's trying to sort of meld, meld that together, but yeah, the the some of the key stuff that that makes property investors that are being successful successful is, I think, one of them is their understanding of how portfolios are mm-hmm. grown, and it's that delayed gratification that comes with that. As you say, stay in the game, actually sit back and and don't you know don't um, have a time frame on when I when I need because I think that's the key when I need to take money out of this business because actually the longer you can you can hold back the stronger an asset base it's going to become the better the cash flow is going to be and then you can get to a stage where you know you can start taking taking some in but I had a client um I think last year or year before I can't remember I think it was just after the first lockdown he came to me and he said because he was asking me about like minimum income requirements for uh, mortgages and stuff and he said to me am I um, I, I'm I'm thinking about you know going part time, um, and what I loved about that was that he wasn't just giving up his job and going from from yeah, you know yeah. zero to hundred, he was going part time so that he could actually go right okay I'm re- I'm removing some of my PAYE income so I'm going to top it up. With my property income, but that still allows me more than enough property income to keep it going, to keep yeah. that growth um, happening, to keep that compounding effect happening. So for me, that was that was another masterclass from from him as to how actually you need to strategically, you know, progress as a property investor, because there are many yeah. stages.
1: I mean, even even if you look at it from a rent-to-rent point of view, um, you still need some some form of income to pass reference to rent a property. Now, even more in terms of buying a property, and, and I'm sure you would say and you, you would be correct in saying that there are certain lenders that will be more favorable if you could show some form of income as well. So these people running away, I get it, your job might not be the best in the world. But if you're new to something, you also want to protect yourself and you also want to protect your, your peace of mind and know that you still have some form of protection. You have a foundation so you can take greater risk. Don't quit your job today because you've come on a training course and someone's inspired you. Now you're gonna, darling, I'm quitting my job today because we're gonna be rich tomorrow. Um, uh, <laughs> we're gonna pay the mortgage with next month. So yeah, there, there is a lot of awareness that does happen, that does need to happen in this space as well. But I think consumers also need to take some responsibility for buying into these, into these dreams as well.
0: I agree. I agree. And talking of like that kind of transitional type structure, I'm interested to know as well. Was there like was there a moment for you when you you know you were doing rent to rent really successfully, like really successfully, and then you suddenly went, "I can switch this. I can. I'm, I'm now at that point." Was there like a, a moment you just woke up, or was it you thought, "Hang on a second, I'm getting close to it," and you just worked towards it? Which which kind of one of those was it?
1: Do you know what? I think it was. Um, I saw something on as much as I cuss everyone on Instagram I saw something on Instagram it was um a young black kid and uh, I think I saw him he did a renovation and in my head I was like yeah that's fake which again of course I have my certain biases it was just silly because because again it just didn't click in my head that it because again I thought it, it needed more money I thought again maybe typically people that buy properties maybe they got the money young people they got the money from their parents so to see somebody. And I'm like, hold on, I kind of know that guy. Where would he have got the money? And hold on, this property would have cost them around two hundred thousand. Where would he get that from? And I think when we spoke, you were the first person that introduced me to Bridge. Mm. And I was like, huh? What do you mean? Who's going to give me part of the money to buy the property? And that's when I went literally crazy. And I said, oh my god, this stuff is—it—it it, it comes down to education. So again, no shade at you. I think you need to go harder on the information you put out there because i'm i'm a bit peed off that it took me so long to connect with you <laughs> to learn about breaking
0: Mate, i'm so sorry i'm just I, yeah whole wholeheartedly whole heart being apologized for that
1: <laughs> but then that's when i came across you and we had a, we had a phone call and i probably came across as an amateur because i'm saying well i do have this goal of buying property but I don't know how I'm going to do it. So do I have to save? I've seen a property for 200,000. Do I have to save 200,000 to buy it? Or how much do I need? And you're like, well, there's this thing called bridge and finance and they can give you the money to buy it. You just need to produce this and produce that and we're good to go. And the criteria is so simple. So even in my head, I was overcomplicating it. So what you're saying is someone that hasn't bought any property can buy. Yes okay, so you're saying that I don't need to have the whole 100%. No. And I was making excuses in my head saying, nah, this guy, Sam doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, can't you you wouldn't be the
0: first person to think that to be fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we do know now, as I said, we've done multiple deals together. We do know clearly you do know what you're talking about and and to a very, very high degree. So, no, I'm I'm really grateful for all the content that you put out and the education as well. So that's that was my transition in terms of, this is actually possible. Well, mm. let me try it out. And now, yeah, we're growing.
0: I mean, firstly, I, I appreciate that. Obviously, that's that's awesome to hear. But do you know what? There's there's one thing that you said in there then, which anyone's listening to this, if they're going to take one thing from this entire podcast episode. Is exactly what you said. You were talking about. You were asking questions. You were interested. You know, you came across like you didn't know anything. Curiosity as a property investor. To be honest, anyone in business, like it's just it's an absolute superpower. Um, I do it every single day. So if I speak to a lender that I've not spoken to in a couple of couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever, I'm asking them questions. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. how's your service levels at the moment? What? Why are they like that? What's, oh, they're, 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 it's taking you longer to do, um, to get to a mortgage offer now. Why, why is that? Because mm-hmm. I always just want to know exactly what's going on in the market. And mm-hmm. so I ask these questions. Everyone should be asking these questions. The worst thing is what, well, and I, and I can I can spot it a mile off. I guarantee you. I was on I was on uh, Kazzy's podcast recently, yeah. and I said to him, I reckon on a first call with somebody, I could, nine times out of ten I could call it whether I thought that someone was going to be successful or not, just by some by the way that they come across. And I always remember, um, and to be honest, I can't remember their name anyway. So even if I wanted to shame them, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. Um, but this was about eighteen months ago, and um, I remember speaking to this guy, and he. Came he was he was clearly trying desperately to come across like he was some like property guru, but he kept using all the wrong terminology for everything. Um, so like I could just see straight through it. And and the thing is, I got I remember getting off the call and almost feeling a bit deflated to be quite honest with you, because I whenever I get on a call with somebody that is going to be a potential client, my my thought process is I want this I want this person to be the most successful version mm. of themselves possible and i want to be part of that because from a selfish perspective it means my business does well but mm. you know why can't we all win you know it's it's, it's awesome and when yeah. i got off that call and i just i thought to myself that guy's not going anywhere mm. he re- and until he can get he can reach that that version of himself yeah. that can genuinely ask questions and not be scared to feel like an idiot yeah because i do it every day I you know then 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 he's he's ultimately going to end up or he maybe he won't end up failing i think that's probably too harsh but he certainly won't succeed as as much as he he should do and actually to be honest with you tj one of the great things about working with you is that you do ask questions constantly mm-hmm. and you're not scared yeah. to actually think and, and you, do you, know what you i don't know if you know this no because when you're dropping voice notes to me and stuff like that one thing one of the things you do quite frequently is you go you actually say i know this might sound stupid but and you say oh, that no, all the time. No, no, no. It's almost like it's almost like you're you're prepping me up for I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm quite happy if it makes me look like a dunce. Yeah, but it doesn't I matter because to. because yeah. you I need the answer. Hopefully, you're going to give me the answer, yeah. and then once and then once we've done that little ring, um, you know, little circus, we just moved on, and we yeah. then know what to do. Yeah, done. Yeah. And I and I also don't care if people ask me like the same question three or four times because everyone's got so much info being chucked into their head at any one time. It's yeah. hard to all, to retain absolutely everything. So that's another thing people are scared of is asking questions multiple times. It doesn't matter. You well, know? I
1: think people are afraid of being a student and there are so many quotes out there that pretty much suggest that you can't be a master without being a student first. And so for me, it's all about, that's, what, that's why I mentioned I'm a big keen learning machine. I literally just do everything I can to acquire new knowledge. And similar to the quote that you just mentioned, so curiosity killed killed the cat but I I say otherwise I say curiosity grew the cat because it's Mm. the knowledge that you get to acquire that will allow you to put things in place and you don't know what you don't know and you only know Mm. what you know so when you're pulling out bits of information you can put together that entire piece of puzzle and say boom I've got a full picture now I can do but people are just afraid of looking silly because i don't know whether it's an ego thing whether they've got status i don't know for me Mm. i don't care how i'm i don't care how i'm perceived and if, if i need something i'm i'm ready to ask so yeah
0: yeah no i i like that and it's almost that's as it was i can't think of the exact quote it's something to do with you, you want you never want to be the smartest person in the room yeah, yeah um yeah. because you know you you if you're in a room for the people that know infinitely more than you do you're going to get more out of that room than any of them there because you're going to yeah. start gleaning the information you know the knowledge that they are given off and Absolutely. you know but you you can create those situations for yourself and i think that you know as much as so this this is actually um another thing that kind of grind my, grinds my gears a bit, where people are so anti-social media Mm. So, so, yeah. social media, so social media, social media is a devil. No, social media. This I love. My analogies there's another one. Social media is. Like, have you ever seen the film The Mask with Jim Carrey? Yeah,
1: yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So when you put the mask on, you just your your own internal qualities are exacerbated, and mm. I think that's what social media does. It just literally whatever whatever. If you hate, you hate more. If you love, you love more. Yeah. If you're not, if you're if you're knowledgeable, it shows off your knowledge even more. If you're if you're yeah. keen and hungry to learn, it shows off yeah. as well. So yeah. when people are being bullies online, all this kind of stuff, it's just like well, you can't blame social media for that. Ultimately, no, you know,
1: yeah.
0: it's like blaming a boxing glove for, for taking a punch. <laughs> just, no, yeah. you know, it, it's just a conduit. And and I think that you know people can create. I mean, I I'm. I'm living proof of when I go on to any social media platform that I'm on, my feed is full of positive stuff. Mm. It's full because I only follow people that give out positive Take knowledge. And if, if ever, if ever I see anyone on my social media posting anything negative, they're gone. Done. They are yeah. out. They're out. And and, I, and I've been doing that feed for probably almost a decade now if I'm honest with you. I, I actually you wrote yeah I wrote I actually wrote a post on Facebook God knows how many years ago and it base and I basically said um I've had enough of negativity in the world mm. from now on Positivity. you you will never ever see anything from me being posted that's negative ever well, again and, and, I, and I and I'm you know pretty certain that I've kept that up and what and like we said at the very beginning of the of the podcast what you give out tends to tends back. to come back absolutely. to you absolutely and that, and that's that's what I do
1: it'll never change i agree i agree yeah
0: absolutely absolutely um well tj look we we've, we've discussed we discussed rent to rent we discussed briefly that foray into uh moving into into full time property investment although obviously you still do a little bit of the rent to rent as well um one of the things that i wanted to ask you about just mainly because i'm i'm more interested in it um mm because I'm considering doing it myself is you obviously started sort of writing books and stuff like that. Um, And I wanted, I wanted to, this is, this is not for anyone that's listening. This is genuinely (laughs) a question from me because I'm interested Um, when you started writing, writing the books, was it because of what we were saying right at the very beginning? You just, it was another, it was another platform, another medium for you to get your knowledge out into the world or was there genuinely kind of like a bit of a business kind of focus to
1: it? No. So it's never actually been, never actually been for business actually um i started off no one knows this i started off writing crime fiction books so i'm a big crime fiction geek that's what i spend most of my time doing when i'm not on instagram pretending i know what i'm doing i'm (laughs) watching some sort of crime thriller or some sort of crime documentary um so i yeah i wrote my first crime thriller book which nobody on this earth will ever see because it's really bad but i got i got kind of a knack for it and i enjoy writing for me i look for forms of happiness um I'm seeking happiness, and I talk about this a lot on social media, and that's why I'm always asking people, are you happy? What makes you happy? So and so. And I think happiness is small pockets of joy. So I'm always looking for small, tiny little things to keep me happy, and whether it's doing a property deal, that's one level of happiness I've just collected, whether it's writing and doing 10 pages and, you know, someone reading and giving me feedback. So tiny little bits of happiness, and I find a lot of joy in writing, and um, that's what got me into it. And over time, I've learned the discipline. So now I set an alarm on my phone to write a min of 500 words a day. Um, If I don't do it, I have something called consequences, which means I've got to give £500 to a charity. only ever done it once, um, which is what motivates me to make sure I write what I need to write on a daily basis. But it's it's more for fun. And it's kind of an outlet to, to get what's in my head out. To, to to the
0: masses
1: so yeah.
0: i get that as well yeah oh good no, no. I'm, I'm i'm happy to hear that and um and look for anyone um i guess tj that wants to maybe reach out to you because you are um not only obviously you've got certain books that people can pick up and, and and learn a little bit about what you're doing and and the methods of of how you've built a firstly a rent-to-rent portfolio and then obviously how that's transitioned into being a, a an actually fully fledged property investor mm-hmm. um Although when I don't want to say that, I don't want to sound like I'm diminishing
1: rent to rent by any stage. Yeah, I know, that. I know. No, I'm I'm gonna, I was going to pull that up a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Some, people, some people do say um, rent to rent isn't property invest in. And mm. that typically comes from people who want to begrudge it because they own some property. But in my opinion, what you've invested your time and money into is an investment. So it is still invest in. But I agree with you totally. There are different levels to invest in and there's the, there's the element of ownership also and um i think everyone should also be gravitating towards ownership because that's where real control comes from and there's yeah so it's to to owning a property versus rent to rent yeah no, absolutely
0: like, yeah. and and i think and i think it's key with stuff like this and this is what i wanted to ask you about it says obviously you do and and everyone in their dog is, is is a mentor nowadays mm-hmm. um but um but one of the things like i said to you um before like you. You genuinely when, I, when i've hear, heard you talk about people that you do mentor you don't you don't just take anyone on to start with you're very particular um and when you do you seem to put your heart and soul into actually yeah. to really de- genuinely trying to help them progress um and actually your the successes that you've you've spoke to me about and you show on social media i think highlight the fact that a you're obviously quite good at picking the right people and seeing yeah. the right qualities in people but also you know you you do enhance those and and, and help them get to where they are um this is a weird way of me saying how does you know how, how do people get in contact with you to be to to be a mentee. I'm actually going to flip it around. Mm. What qualities does does a mentee have to have to to work with you? Because I'm quite interested about that.
1: Yeah, um so the first thing is th- it depends how they approach me literally. Um if someone's come off certain people's training courses I won't work with them. And that's not because of the individual specifically it's because of the information they've already garnered or taken on because there are certain trainers out there mentors out there that will lead you up the garden path to believe that you can make £10,000 per month per property in any location in rent to rent and I don't believe that to be true I think you can make an average of 500 to £700 per month so if someone's been to a training course where they've been told that they can make x amount and then they come to me hey TJ What do you think? How much can I make? 500 pound versus the 10,000. I already look like I don't know what I'm talking about. So again, it's about self-protection, protecting myself, protecting my brand. So I'm happy to manage the, the kind of expectation of who I work with. That's really the foundation of it. It's where you've come from. What's your goal? And for me now, similar to what we've been talking about before, I'm now pushing, kind of forcefully pushing people not to spend so long in rent to rent and save some of that money to start buying. So it really depends on the person's goal. What is it that you want? What's your circumstance? When people approach me now and they say, "Okay, cool, I've got twenty thousand pound in savings. Do you think I should go into rent to rent?" In many cases, my what I would have said months and months ago is different now. I'm saying, "Well, no, I think you might. M- it might make more sense because you would have made five hundred pound a month from rent to rent, and you're doing all the running around. You don't own the asset." Let's take that same 20,000. Let's put it into a property that makes you the same 400, 500, but you benefit from ownership of the property. There is a sense that no one can deny it. There is a sense of of, of confidence of something when you own the asset, but also you get to be- benefit from increased equity, which means you can refinance, you can remortgage, you can, you can grow a lot quicker that way. So it, it really depends on the individual person, but I, I don't work with every single person because people don't notice. I don't really like human beings much.
0: So. <laughs> so which I'm is getting... which is shocking, which is shocking because you you seem really genuine in yeah. terms of in terms of wanting to like give out, you know. Yeah, I think you, people think like that quite
1: like wrong. I I think the word is ambivert. Um I'm very introverted actually. People don't know that because I speak on stage, because I train, because I'm did I just I'm very, very, I'm very much a recluse. I stay by myself most of the time, read my books, watch my little geeky crime documentaries and write a few words in my wannabe crime novel that's never (laughs) going to come out. But um, I just want to help people. So that's one of the reasons I put my head above the fold Mm -hmm. um, because I want to help people and I want to inspire people, um, especially people coming from my community. I want to show them that, Hey, look, you know what? Life can be different and you can achieve what you set out to do. And, yeah that that's that's one of my big motivations.
0: No, that's that's awesome. And I, just, I I I always try and when 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 I'm coming to the end of these episodes I'm thinking Let's, I want to end on a positive note. Yeah. And that's that's such a nice positive note to kind of okay. to kind of finish okay. up on. So again Honestly, everyone listening, we haven't scripted this. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, 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 just. T- T- you know, Tj's obviously read a lot of lot of books in his life. He knows he knows how the story goes. So, um, so I know TJ. Look, as I said at the beginning, it will genuinely. Uh, an absolute pleasure to, to have you on to the podcast yeah. because I know how much I enjoy our conversations that we have and I kind of wanted just to have one of our conversations where everyone could listen in. And that's sort that's sort of what we've had today, which is yeah. which is really cool. Um but look TJ for anyone that wants to reach out to you to have a discussion, maybe even to talk to you about maybe even taking them on as a as a mentee, what's the best way of them getting in, in contact with you?
1: Instagram. Probably send me a DM on Instagram and um yeah if you just don't want to speak to me then just jump on Amazon and grab one of my books, just type in TJ Atkinson on google or amazon
0: yeah absolutely and look, if you're um, if you're watching this on youtube you would have seen uh the little the little ticker going across the bottom of the screen with tj's instagram on it so you can uh, you can see that now i've added that back on um if you're listening on the podcast um TJ, all of tj's contact details will be in the show notes for you to be able to to no check problem. out but uh but tj look absolute pleasure as always to chat to you it's great that everyone else got to listen to it this time around um, I guess we'll catch up very very soon, and maybe later on in the year we'll do a part two once yes. uh, once you've uh, you've grown out your 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 portfolio
1: even more. No problem at all. Just a quick one. Uh, Instagram right. is wrong, but yeah, we'll, we'll change that.
0: <laughs> oh, is it? This is TJ Life. TJ A Life. Oh, yeah. I can do yeah. that right. I yeah. could do that right now actually. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. change it. I can change it. You're I've done great. this. You know, I'm 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 almost almost professional at this now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to. We go. There we go. There we go. How's that look? Ready, yeah. ready?
1: Absolutely. There we go.
0: There we go. Yeah. So everyone had to wait to the end to actually get the right one.
1: I know, right? Brilliant. Yeah, All right. Thank go. you so much, guys. Cheers, Cheers TJ. Cheers, Sam. Bye bye.
0: Yep, that's it. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode, guys. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other Game of Loans podcast episodes, please, I would ask you a massive favor to leave a five-star review. It massively helps me grow the podcast and reach more people that will hopefully enjoy the episodes as much as you have. Thank you so much in advance for this, and I'll hopefully see you on the next episode.